Hello and welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Charlotte de Capoisson. Edmund Shing, Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, joins me today to give his analysis of technology stocks. Hello and welcome, Edmund. Thank you, Charlotte. Is technology in a bull or a bear market? There is no doubt that the 10 months following the pandemic-induced market crash in March 2020 were fantastic months for technology stocks. As an example, the flagship NASDAQ 100 index rose by 78% between April 2020 and February 2021. But the performance of so-called hypergrowth momentum stocks typified by the ARK Innovation ETF and unprofitable tech companies, was even more impressive. The ARK Innovation ETF gained a whopping 290% over this period, and non-profitable tech companies rose by an astounding 387%. So Edmund, what was the key motor behind this incredible surge in tech stocks? in 2020 and in 2021? Well, Charlotte, I think there were two obvious drivers here. First of all, we have, of course, the fundamental driver, which is that we saw an acceleration in adoption of a number of technology drivers in the wake of the pandemic. Key amongst them was the remote working trend. So everyone had to be equipped with computers or laptops, with microphones, with headphones, screens. And on top of that, we then had to learn to use video conferencing software like Slack or Microsoft Teams. We also had to use collaborative work software. And we just had to learn a new way of working. And all of that was accelerated by the demand for cloud computing, broadband access for the internet, and so on and so forth. So all of these were very bullish trends for both hardware and software tech companies. That's the fundamental part. On top of that, we've had a huge surge in interest from retail investors, which has led to massive flow of funds by retail investors into both tech stocks and also tech-focused funds and ETFs. The ARK Innovation ETF is a classic example of this. Over this post-pandemic period you mentioned, from April 2020 to February 2021, the ARK Innovation ETF attracted $15 billion of retail investor inflows. So the fund went from relatively small to massive in a very short space of time on the back of this trend. So ultimately, it's a combination of these two factors. The structural trends in technology being accelerated by the pandemic, combined with this huge wave of retail money flowing into the sector. When I look at stock market performance in 2021 and focus on the tech sector, it continued to do really well, judging from the 24% in the NASDAQ 100 last year to mid-December. But you say that the tech sector was a tale of two trends in 2021. Why is that? Well, because of course, Charlotte, when everyone looks at the tech sector, they think primarily of US large cap technology companies that dominate the scene today, such as Apple, Microsoft, Google, and so on. And these are the heavyweights within the NASDAQ 100 index. So they are the motors behind that 24% advance. However, if we look beneath the surface and away from these mega cap growth stocks towards other companies, such as the, the momentum stocks we'd mentioned before, the smaller cap tech stocks, you find a very different story. To take one example, the ARK Innovation ETF that had done so well until early 2021, since February of 2021, has fallen by over 40%. 
And the same is true for the non-profitable tech companies in the US as well. They've also fallen since February 2021 by over 40%. So the run-up, the massive run-up in these more momentum and hyper-growth areas of the tech sector have also been crashing in 2021 thereafter. And this is somewhat reminiscent of previous bubbles and busts that we've seen around these sorts of hyped up stocks in the past. A number of market commentators have pointed to the parallels in technology stock outperformance back in the 1999 to 2000 tech media telecoms bubble, that of today. But we all know what happened post-2000, the bursting of the tech bubble, when the NASDAQ index subsequently fell by 80% to a trough by late 2002. Are we risking a similar outcome again today? And if not, why not? That's a very interesting point, Charlotte. And it is one that I have seen echoed across the internet by a number of market commentators. This is true. However, there are significant differences, I think, between 2000 and today not least of which is the fact that 21 years have elapsed. And in those 21 years, technology has evolved enormously. Back in 2000, we were really in the early days of the retail or widespread usage of the internet. Don't forget the World Wide Web had not existed for that long by 2000. So it was still very, very early. People really were still discovering how to use it. And some of the massive structural trends that we see today in things like online retail were very much in the early days back then. Back then, for instance, Amazon was very much an unprofitable startup company. Today, you can see what a megalith, what a mammoth it has become. It dominates the online retailing scene. In fact, it is one of the dominant players in global retailing today. So in 21 years, it's come a very, very long way. Similarly, with companies like Google or even Facebook, those that dominate internet advertising today, they didn't even exist back in 2000. They were not even a twinkle in their founders' eyes back then. And so it is interesting to see that those companies, which were largely very unprofitable back in 2000, are actually very profitable companies in contrast today. So companies like Microsoft are extremely profitable today. Apple, extremely profitable today. And even Amazon is very profitable today. And that is the difference, that these companies that are leading the technology advance are generating huge profits, huge cash flows on the back of what I would argue to be oligopolistic positions that they can exert in their niches in the technology sphere, which allows them to maintain this fantastic level of profitability. And that simply was not true back in 2000. All of that being said, however, Charlotte, I would suggest that given the very high valuations that we see from the technology sector today, which is a little bit more like what we saw back in 2000, I would suggest the likelihood is that over the next 10 years in the long term, the tech sector will not prove to have been the best place to put your money today. So by 2031, maybe we will have discovered you would have been better off investing elsewhere in other sectors other than the tech sector. And this is perhaps one of the lessons we can draw from 2000. When you have such a big run up in a sector such as the tech sector, it is maybe not the best time to be placing all your money into that sector. So if we had to be selective in our technology sector portfolio exposure today, following this stellar performance, what sectors and themes should we focus on? Well, I think that's right. We do need to be selective, again, because of this risk in the long term of potential underperformance from the tech sector as a whole. 
But even within that, they can always be winners at a smaller scale. And I think one of the sectors, one of the subsectors I would prefer within technology remains semiconductors, because you can see today we have a massive shortage of semiconductor production and supply, firstly. Secondly, all the new advances in technology, such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, and so on, all require massive amounts and increasing amounts of computing power, memory, and storage capacity, all of which means exponential growth in chip demand. And thirdly, there is also heavy investment in new chip production capacity in both the US and China. So I think even very much in semiconductor equipment makers, there is huge demand right now. So that's one area. The other area I would focus on are those companies and, and subsectors related to our investment theme, Enter the Metaverse. This is, for me, the next era, the next generation of the internet, which is going to become more and more immersive and does include all sorts of sub-themes such as cybersecurity, electronic payments, online retail, video games, virtual and augmented reality, and so on. And that encompasses quite a large swathe of technology companies, but all with specific niches. And I think that is something that will become very big over the next 10 years. And so this is the theme within technology that we would be very much skewed towards. Thank you very much, Edmund. Edmund Shing is Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. And a reminder to our audience, to be sure to receive our audio content every week, please search for BNP Paribas Wealth on the podcast platform of your choice, such as Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, Spotify, or other podcast providers. <laughs>